0: Two right now. If they want to fire me at twelve oh five, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a good day.
1: Welcome everyone to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It's Friday, May seventh, twenty twenty-one. Alex Berruthi here with Shannon McEwen. Uh, Ken is out today, so it's just a two-man podcast. Um, let's just jump right into the news. The Lakers might be destined for the playing tournament here because, uh, I mean, Anthony davis hurt is back last night, and the Lakers lost 118-94 to to the Clippers. Lakers have lost 7-9, to nine, or excuse me, 7 of 9 games. Uh, they're tied for 6th right now with the Trailblazers. Like I mentioned before, Anthony Davis left the game in the first half due to back spasms. He says he'll play. He's technically listed as questionable for today's game, but uh, we should expect him to play. LeBron is likely to return Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, Schroeder is out until the 15th due to COVID, which I believe is the second to last day of the regular season. Um, So it is looking like, uh, Shannon, that the Lakers will be in the play-in or... At least towards the bottom of the, um, you know, like non-playing teams, which would have them as of right now playing the Clippers in the first round.
2: Yeah, it's it's a tough scenario for the Lakers. But uh, my my guess is the priority is just going to be getting the team healthy between now and when the playoffs start. Whether that's the play-in or or they get to actually win enough games and, and. forego that but the, the key is just being you know getting healthy having LeBron right ha- having Anthony Davis right and, and making sure they're ready to go uh you know anything can happen in the playing scenario uh but if the Lakers are healthy um and they're in that mix they're going to be heavy favorite
1: yeah I think so too it's if LeBron comes in less than 100 percent And Anthony Davis is kind of always a threat to come in less than 100%. It's going to be tough against the Clippers, even if most people think the Lakers are just outright uh, the better team. Um, So also yesterday, Kyrie Irving went for 45 points, five rebounds, four assists. But the Nets lost their fourth straight game. This time it was to Dallas. Their previous two losses were against Milwaukee. Uh, James Hargan said he's very confident he'll be back before the playoffs. Assuming that's the case, and he gets in at least a little run before the postseason, how do you feel about Brooklyn? Still, are you are you as high on them as you were before? Are the injuries pilot continuing to pile up, even more concerning at this point?
2: Well, it's certainly concerning that Durant, Harden, and Kyrie have not played many minutes together this season. I know Durant and Harden have, you know, they're timing OKC to lean on in that end as far as being familiar with each other on the court. Uh, But but it's still, you know, overall team chemistry uh, is a real thing. Um, We see it every year with these super teams. You know, the Lakers with with Anthony Davis and LeBron started a little slow back when LeBron, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh teamed up with the Heat. They started like 10 and 10 that season. And, you know, they lost in the finals that year. Uh, They needed that extra time to gel. And and I do think that's a real thing in the NBA. It's why you always see, you know, I'll refer back to my, 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 the Pistons and and what I saw with them, you know, whether it was Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars or the Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billup teams, they always had to like eventually get there. So, you know, they they would get closer and closer every year until they finally made that leap. And even with the super teams, I think we see a little bit of that. It's usually sped up quite a bit. Uh, You know, it's, but, you can't comp it to, like, the Warriors and Durant joining that team because they already had the rest of the team. The rest of the core was already there. They had already won championships, and then Durant joins. You, when you're talking about all these new pieces coming together, uh, it's tough to win that first year. So I, I am still high on the Nets. I think the they're still my favorite to get out of the East, uh, but it's – it's gonna be tough. They need Harden back. They need harden healthy. Um, and it'll be interesting. I think that series against the which what'll most likely be the Bucks in round two, uh, is gonna be could possibly be the best series of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I uh those games they lost to the Bucks um they were both close games. The second game, uh at the end, they were the, the Nets ended up trying to play hero ball. And they kind of lost and the Bucs were a little more composed. Hills are called timeouts. They made sure to run plays, but it's kind of like uh, from the perspective of a Bucks fan, it's kind of disconcerting when you play the team close both times. And you're like, when we see these, when we see this team in the playoffs, they're going to have James Harden too.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And, and it, it, James Harden, you know, there was some argument for him being in the MVP conversation uh, before he he was injured. So it's, it's not like they're just adding a normal all-star, you know, they're adding one of the best players in the NBA to their team. But you know, the one interest, interesting part of the matchup against the Bucks is I don't think there's anyone that can slow down Giannis. Um, he might average like 40 a game against the Nets, uh, but it might not matter.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was, he was ridiculous against the, the Nets. He took thir- uh, more than 30 shots in both games. Um, like he was just taking every single shot. He averaged forty two and a half for the series. Um, it was it was pretty ridiculous. He was abusing DeAndre Jordan in the first game. Blake Griffin was on him more in the second game. It just didn't matter. He was he was no. uh he was He's, hitting his hook shots and his mid rangers. I mean, that's the case, it's like
2: Yeah, anyone the Nets can run at him. He's either too strong for that player or too fast and athletic. So it's they don't have anyone who can stop him.
1: Yeah, so in the the Nets, uh, this most recent loss came to Dallas. And Porzingis again is hurt. I mean, his status is kind of murky for even next week. I mean, obviously they're going to want him back before the first um, before the first game of the postseason starts. Right now, they're in fifth, uh, and they'd play Denver in the first round if the playoffs ended today. Let's assume Porzingis is healthy, even though that may not be the right assumption. But if, if he's healthy for the playoffs, how do you feel about Dallas's season? Is, is there upside, like, a second-round loss?
2: Yeah, for this year, even with Porzingis, I, I like – I could see him pushing the Suns uh, or the Jazz, but I, I do like the Clippers, Nuggets, you know, a healthy Lakers over over the Mavericks. Um, I, just, I, I can't see – they could, depending on matchups they could sneak into the final to the Western conference finals. Uh, but I just don't see them coming out of the West this year.
1: Yeah. I feel like if they, I, I wouldn't, I think if I were them, I'd want to play Phoenix in the second round. Um, and I think that would be their best chance to pull an upset, get into the NBA final or yeah, the conference finals. I mean, uh, okay. Let's go to not a news item the most disappointing fantasy players this season this was an article that i wrote up for the site that also went to cbs i'm interested on your opinion i basically just pulled the guys who were typically drafted in the top 100 uh and fell a lot of these guys typically fell like 25 spots to 50 spots in some cases uh and i mostly was doing this exercise in a per game basis, because I didn't want to be like, well, Anthony Davis was disappointed because he missed a ton of games. Right. That happens every year. So it kind of came down to guys like Morant, uh, Westbrook, even Blake Griffin aside from the health. Um, But was there anybody in your mind that stuck out to you or you drafted in a lot of leagues that really let you down?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think John Morant's really the guy, you know, that's, that's who we have as a featured image for that article. And he he's the one who really stands out, you know. Even Westbrook, uh, I expected him to. I, I didn't expect him to go out and average twenty seven points per game again. Uh, I knew the, you know, if you knew the per- percentages were going to be bad with Westbrook, so there's always a risk there. He was a guy who I was only drafting uh, if it were a you know a point points based league, or for some reason it was a, a league that made sense to tank those ca- those percentage categories. So. I mean, you, you get, you knew what to expect from, from Westbrook, but you know, if, if you are in those, those point-based weeks, he was an absolute monster, uh, you know, Devin Booker, Devin Booker's a guy, I, another guy who you just looked at his stats last year, looked at what he did, you know, especially like the, the, the insane amount of assists, everything else, it had to go down with Chris Paul joining that team. Someone else was going to have the ball in their hands a lot, uh, Ben Simmons, uh, similar, similar issues to, to Westbrook, right? Like, you know, the three point, no three point shot free throw percentage is bad. Uh, I'm not, but he doesn't score at the same level or really do anything at the same level Westbrook does. So I wasn't too surprised at how his season worked out. Um, He did bite me of these guys mentioned so far. He's the one who, who did bite me a little bit. I had him on a couple uh, of my important leagues, but John Morant. I mean, he—he's really the one. He, everyone was drafting him, you know. In the, I think he was going in the third round of a lot of leagues, maybe even second, you know, lower uh, back half of the second round was probably the highest I saw him go. Um, but everyone was was expecting that year to jump, and we we didn't see anything where, near that, right? Like he, he regressed essentially. Um, I know they were. He had a minor injury early in the season. And it seems like that was that was probably one of the reasons why he kind of dipped off. He was kind of just getting into his he was starting to break out a little bit, had that injury. You know, the first couple of games of the season were monstrous games for him. He had 68 fantasy points and 43 fantasy points those first two games. Then he had to leave early with an injury. And I just feel like, you know, then he missed eight or nine games and never really got back into that flow. Of what he what he kind of flashed those first two games of the season, so you know maybe that was part of it. Maybe he just never fully recovered from that injury and he's been playing 85, 90 percent this year. I'm still very high on him long term, but but he is the one who you know he's he played the majority of the season and he regressed. You know, or we or at the very least we didn't see the improvement we would have expected in year two.
0: Yeah,
1: he was kind of the guy, like I wrote the whole article, and then I kind of thought about it, and he was the guy, like I made the cover image because you're right. I mean, on CBS, his ADP was 32, uh, and that was after he finished 74th last season uh, on a per-game basis. This year, when I wrote the article a couple of days ago, he was 113. So, yeah, he dropped. I mean, he, he's not a top 100 player. The issues with him, I agree with you. I still really like him as a player and his long-term upside, but he doesn't hit threes. He does not get you steals and his free throw percentage is bad. And that's a pretty rough combination when you're a point guard or really any player. Like that's kind of what happened to uh, Devin Booker too. Like Booker's assists went down, but his free throw percentage went down like six points because last year he had like an inflated free throw percentage. That's a category that can really tank players' fantasy values. And not a lot of people look at it, I think, as much as they should, especially when it's someone like Morant. Who will get to the line? You know, five to ten times a game when he's aggressive.
2: Yeah, um, I think so. there's room. I think there's room for improvement there. Um, yeah. Like I believe in his skill set completely. Um, I also feel like the Grizzlies, for whatever reason, kind of were. You know, they've, there's been so many games where he's played under thirty minutes. Um, you know, part of that's due to blowouts the the insanity of the schedule this year the short turnaround in between games um, you know maybe maybe he gets a little bit more unleashed next year um, and he's out there playing 36 35 36 minutes a game and really can can control that team like he should be uh, I'm yeah, I, I still still really high. I think and I think these the flaws that he does have, you know, like the, the three-point shooting will improve. That's gonna be an obvious area for him to focus on moving forward.
1: Yeah, the other three guys that uh, I put in the article were Yusuf Nurkic, who most of his issues are stemming from a lack of minutes, uh, ending up splitting still splitting time with Agnes Cantor. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, who's again, minutes are an issue for him, every single statistic decreased from last season so just collectively it brought him down uh and then blake griffin which again i try not to include guys who are like injury bitten but this is besides that when he was on the court he was bad yeah and then he got traded in the nets and obviously that tanked his value um and i didn't actually even look to compare whether or not he was technically better fancy value on the pistons or nets because it doesn't really care most people probably dropped him um but yeah do you have any strong feelings on, on those three guys well,
2: I mean, with Blake Griffin, you know, he was a guy who I was heavy on investing. You know, as that that late round bounce back guy, um, I had plenty of teams with both Blake Griffin and Kevin Love, uh, so that <laughs> did not work out well for me. Um, and and with Blake, it's just he was bad. He was bad the last time he played. So you know, it's not. And it, It shouldn't be too surprising. Health, of course, was going to be an issue. We knew the Pistons were going to be bad, so that scenario was going to be muddled. Um, So it's not. I knew it was a risky pick, and that's why that's why he fell. That's why he was drafted so late. I know I got him much much lower than the 60 ADP uh, that he was going at once draft season concluded. Uh, You know, with Nurkic, a lot of it's just injury, right? You know, I know I know his his per game. Averages weren't what you would have wanted from him based on where his, based on his ADP. But at the same time, I, you know, he's another guy where I feel like he was just starting to really come into his own for this season and start producing well. And then it got, everything got derailed with his injuries. Um, so he kind of had to, once he got back, he had to ramp back up. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, can, you know, he, he's been good on a permanent basis uh, when he plays, but the problem is, you know, Minnesota's bad. And then you had Anthony yeah. Edwards come join that team. And you know, how is that uh how is how is that gonna work? The pecking order between Russell, Edwards, you know, you still had Rubio on that roster. Yeah, yeah, Malik Beasley and of course of course Cat. So it just wasn't he wasn't necessarily the clear cut number two, or even if he was the number two on that team when when everyone's healthy you had enough guys who could do something behind him, uh, that it, it, it was going to drain some of his, his, his ceiling. And we saw that and and we're seeing it with, with Edwards who has been, you know, for, for, for the issues that the, the field goal percentage, uh, you know, the fact that he's putting up stats and, and, you know, a lot of losses and blowouts, um, raised the eyebrow for some, but Edwards has, uh, I can't remember the last time a rookie has had two 40-point scoring games, which I, I'm pretty sure Edwards has done that now. So, he's, uh... yeah, two. he's scored 42 points twice back on March 18th and then this week, May 5th. And I, I can't for the life of me remember the last time a rookie did that. i was going to look it up before the show and forgot. But uh, he's he's been uh, – he, the last six weeks or so, Um, How I feel about him long term has um, changed drastically, much higher on him now than I was six weeks ago.
1: Yeah, he's been great Uh, since since he scored the 42 points the first time, which was March 18th. He's averaging 23 points on 44 percent shooting, 34 percent from three. 75% for the free throw line. He's going to the free throw line five times a game, which is pretty good for a rookie. Yeah. You know, six rebounds, three assists, a steal and a half, half a block. He's been good. He's been a legitimately good NBA player. Um, So, yeah, I mean, his, his upside is definitely, you know, for the people that were like out on him right away. um, I think we kind of have to reassess where he's, where he's
2: at. Absolutely. And and it's nice to see he and D'Angelo Russell are both starting now for, for Minnesota. Uh, Russell, Promoted back to the starting lineup this week uh so it's that's good to see you know long term um that's what they need to do
1: let's uh let's move to a different topic uh lessons learned from this fantasy season uh Nick Whalen wrote an article basically by the same title um there are some things that are obviously going to be this season specific with coronavirus that hopefully won't be an issue next season um but is there anything else that sticks out in your mind about either how you drafted, what guys you picked up off the wire, the general flow of the season that made you think, okay, next season I'm going to do this differently?
2: Yeah, it is really tough. Um, you know, I, I will say the caveat being the COVID COVID season and how that impacted the schedule, the short turnaround between games uh, is why I believe we see so many players sitting out. Um, You know, I don't think it's necessarily going to be as bad. And I think that's kind of motivated teams to further the tank. Um, But I am going to be more hesitant to draft the good players on bad teams, Um, especially if you know there if there's basically a, a, you know, a 0% chance this team's going to be competitive. So not, not like OKC last year when they had Chris Paul, but OKC this year or the Pistons this year. I'm going to be hesitant to really go after uh, the SGAs or Jeremy Grants on those squads, just knowing that this team's going to take and could end up sitting this player for significant stretches. Or, you know, if they have a four game week, that player's sit in one of those games uh, almost every week. That's that's something I don't want to have to deal with when when I have a fancy team, especially most of my most of my lineups are are weekly lineups. So I, I'm I'm going to definitely take that in consideration. I think you have to take into consideration the the flip side of it and the teams that are going to be so good that they they have that cushion where they can rest guys. Uh, that's all going to be factoring into the types of players I draft. Um, and I do think I'm going to try to find those competitive teams that need those players to play every game. Um, It's going to be something I value more highly going into drafts next season.
1: Yeah, I mean, the NBA is trying to do what they can in terms of flattening the lottery odds and doing the play-in tournament and all this stuff to try to make sure teams are competitive for as long into the season as possible. Some of this also comes down to how deep into the season does your fantasy league go i had a fantasy league that i ended on april 1st that i did with my friends because i was really worried and i was like i'm just ending this as soon as possible um but yeah i agree i mean picking players on competitive teams that's that's one thing um that i think this season has highlighted um yeah nick wrote in his article avoid the obvious injury risks with a picture of kevin love but i don't I don't mind your cause I also took like, Griffin and if if he if he or Kevin Love falls to like eighty, I'm just gonna take him. I think there's still upside there and I wasn't going to you know, I don't even remember who else was in that range that I was going to feel like really good about. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no, it, it is tough. I'm actually I'm trying to pull up some of my best ball stuff. I, I'm curious to see uh how things actually end up turning out for me um for
1: ball is interesting this year because of all the injuries right it really some of it came down to how did you draft in round like you know 15 to 20
2: right right no absolutely and i i know i mean some of the guys who i had high ownership of (laughs) yeah and and underdogs specifically i know i had a ton of kevin love (laughs) a a ton of uh, otto porter uh, a ton of Blake Griffin and a ton of, of triple J Jared Jackson jr and <laughs> and that's I mean I had a ton of those guys because they all came uh, with vast discounts on draft day uh, but it's I mean those those are the team I mean those guys tanked my teams when, when you especially when you have multiple injured guys I think you know being uh, being aware of how many of those risky picks you have on one squad, uh, is something to to consider so i know i'll try to limit that to if i do uh dive take a deep dive on one of those guys it's going to be one it's not going to be three because if you have three of them they could take your season
1: uh i looked up uh the rookies with that with multiple 40 point games uh in nba history so edwards is doing it this year has two the last player who did it was in 2018 which was Donovan Mitchell?
2: Okay, well there you go, and that that's actually that's my comp. That from the first game of the season when I first watched Anthony Edwards on a basketball on an NBA basketball court, I said he looks like a bigger Donovan Mitchell, like same same kind of confidence, demeanor, athleticism, except for he's bigger and stronger. That that's, <laughs> yeah,
1: Edwards Edwards athleticism is insane, man. Like yeah. between him and Zion, the the rookie class. Uh, is, uh, well, not rookie class, but like the the rookies that are coming into the league at this point, it's like, uh, it's not fair. Yeah. Um, before that, it was 2011. It was Blake Griffin. Uh, and then you have to go all the way back to 1997 for Ooh. Allen Iverson. Oh
2: Sorry. All right. keep, no, that makes sense. Okay. I would have guessed Brandon Jennings. I know he had one such game. Uh, so he would have been one guy I would have guessed. But, yeah, the Iverson, not surprising. Um, Donovan Mitchell is not surprising either. I mean, he basically is the number one scoring option for the Jazz from day one. You know, I, I will say from game seven of that season.
1: Uh, before that, it was Michael Jordan was the last guy to do it. And the most 40-point games uh, in NBA history by a rookie is the it's answer so to every- no. oh, he, It's the answer to every NBA trivia question.
2: Oh, Will Chamberlain. It's Will, Will Chamberlain, Chamberlain. All right, all right, with, yeah.
1: with 32 40-point games as a rookie. Uh, okay, let's quickly jump. To- <laughs> That's ridiculous, right? Let's, uh, let's go to the waiver wire. Uh, if you are still in a league, the few of you that are still in a league that has uh, roster moves at this point, uh, some suggestions for you. My – Suggestion, a player who's available in at least 50% of leagues is, I think it's pronounced Facundo Capazzo, uh, who is uh, rostering 28% of Yahoo and 23% of ESPN leagues. This is the Nuggets starting point guard now that Jamal Murray is out. The past two weeks, he's basically averaging points, seven assists, uh, four rebounds, two and a half steals and 1.33s. Uh, he's just not a scorer. He's a he's a he's a passing guy and he's a steals guy. Um, so especially if you need those categories, he's someone to pick up. But he's consistently playing thirty minutes a game at this point. He's locked in. He'll continue to be locked in through the playoffs. If you're in a postseason NBA league and you need a deep cut, Compazo is an option of someone you could take in like maybe the very last round, depending on how deep your postseason league is. Uh, yeah,
2: he's, he's going to be an interesting postseason pick. Absolutely. Maybe next week we dive in and do some more postseason coverage, do, yeah. do some rankings and discussion there. So for the final week of the season, uh, May 10th through the 16th, you have, let's see, three or four or five. The Pacers have five games. The Grizzlies, uh, the Bucks, and the Spurs. All four of those teams have five games. So if there's anyone, any of the rotational players or starters available from those teams, uh, it might be worth picking them up if you're looking to stream in some options for the final game of the season. Uh, Likewise, the three-game teams are the Pistons, uh, the Thunder. Okay, see, this is good. Pistons and Thunder, two of the teams with the most frustrating rotations uh, you can you can discard those players and go pick up somebody somebody who has five games next week. That's a, that's an ideal swap actually. that would be great for you. Um, now my and my pickups, you know, for under fifty percent, we'll go Mobaba. Uh, he's really starting to pick up his play. Um, Carter, Wendell Carter is out right now. I believe he's out for tonight. Um, he let's see, Zach. So let me double check here.
1: I'm yeah, I mean, pretty sure he's out.
2: Yeah, I know. I believe he's ruled out a couple of days ago. But the last two games, uh, Bamba's averaging 50 fantasy points. He had a monster 19-15, three steal, four block game against the Celtics. Uh, they lost that game the the Magic by like four <laughs> by like 40 points. Um, but I, my guess, I mean, they don't have anyone else. If Carter Jr. is out, they don't have anyone else to plug in there. So Bob is going to get the minutes. Yeah, Carter Carter left the, I believe he suffered the eye injury against the Pistons um, and left that game early and then missed the game against the Celtics. And it's basically been all all Mo Bamba since Carter left. So uh, Mo Bamba only owned in 48% of Yahoo leagues, 28% of ESPN. Uh, he could be a monster, it, especially. My guess is they'll take it slow with Carter. No reason to rush him back.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think. Uh, yeah, no reason to rush Carter back. Hopefully, next season they play him together a little bit with Isaac. <laughs> I think that would be a ridiculous uh, lineup. It would be a lot that,
2: yeah, that lineup's gonna be insane if you have all three of those guys. That's like thirty-eight feet of wingspan.
1: Yeah, they're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of like uh, opponents. There's gonna be a lot of eighty-five to ninety. Uh, finishes uh, of those games. My long shot of the week, Trevor Ariza, uh, 16% roster on Yahoo, 8% on ESPN, ranked 69th over the past two weeks, averaging 12.6 rebounds, two threes, two assists, and a steal and a half. He's starting to power forward for them. Uh, I mean, he's playing real minutes, and we've seen... You know, I mean, Ariza's pretty old at this point. He might be 35 or 36, um, but he's still... I mean, he's going to (laughs) basically... Aries at this point, is the guy who just runs to the corners, runs up and down the court, gets his threes, jogs back, grabs a couple boards, plays some good defense. Um, Not a bad pickup if you're in a deep league, obviously, since he's a starter and he actually is productive. Um, You got a long shot for us, Shannon?
2: Oh, man. I was trying to find someone on one of those, those four teams with... Uh... That, that have, fun, that have five <laughs> games next week. I mean, maybe Devin Vassell. Vass- uh, he hasn't been oh, great. Yeah, yeah he, I, you know, he's got five games. And it, the one worry for me there, you know, he's been starting as well, which is interesting, but he hasn't been very productive. Um, the one, I would actually feel better about him if, uh, if the Spurs weren't in contention for the play-in. Uh, because I think they would run him out there 30 minutes a game, no questions asked. Uh, but he I mean, he's coming off latest game. He started against Utah. It was a blowout. He played 31 minutes. Um, he has five games. So if you're if you're, you know, if you have a, a three game guy on your roster, if you have Ty Jerome or Hamadou Diallo, you know, from from the Thunder or the Pistons and they are only scheduled for three games. Go pick up yourself and plug him in those extra two games are
0: enough to move the needle where where even if production's lower we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Uh, he's going to be a better option for you next week.
1: Bassell's a guy too. I think uh, should be considered in like a dynasty formats, keeper formats, uh, depending on your your league's pickup rules. He's he's been pretty good as a three and D guy for the Spurs. For thirty six, averaging about two made threes and two point two combined steals plus blocks. So, uh, yeah, not a bad option there. Let's let's jump to our Friday DFS. This is a ten game slate. This Friday, uh, the highest over-under uh, is Rockets at Bucks at 232.5. That's the highest total by about six points. Keep in mind, this Rockets game, or this Rockets roster, There, uh, as of last night, there were 13 players on the injury report for the Rockets. Uh, some of those guys were out. Some of them were questionable, like Olinick, Christian Wood. So just keep that in mind uh, as you are building your lineups and thinking about that, but... On this date, 20 years ago, the Spurs went up 2 0 in the playoffs against the Mavericks with a final score of 100 to 86. Michael Finley had 24 7 and 4 with two steals for Dallas. Tim Duncan went for 25 22, 6 1 and 1 in that game. Um, yep, yeah, the scoring continues to be ridiculous from uh, 20 years ago to now. Main injuries, we have Anthony Davis as probable. Uh, keep in mind, if you look for official news, he might be listed as questionable, but he said he is uh, he expects to play. Questionable guys, Jimmy Butler, Harrison Barnes, uh, Kelly Olenek, Christian Wood. Doubtful guys are Porzingis and Steven Adams. Uh, one of the guys I like, actually, there is going to be some decent value, I think, in the Charlotte versus Orlando game. Uh because I kinda like Lamelo ball too. I think he's interesting in this game, but Mo Wagner at forty nine hundred, he's starting at power forward, uh, with Chumo Kiki out. Uh he's been pretty good lately. Like has definitely shown upside for twenty five to thirty-five fantasy points. Uh he's playing real minutes as well. So uh again, like he's you could fit him into any lineup cash game, GPP. and I think he's a pretty good bet to hit at least twenty five fantasy points. Um is there anybody that sticks out to you right away when you look at this slate?
2: Yeah, I like Kenyon Martin. He's coming off a big game, uh, like you mentioned. The entire Rockets team is on the injury report except for Kenyon Martin. He's one of the few that's <laughs> not. Uh, he's at fifty six hundred on FanDuel. I, you know, I, I, even though Tate might return, um, you know, it, it, we've got we've got Tate Olenek and Wood all they're all game time decisions. We've got all three listed in the expected lineup for now. Um, My guess is even if those three play, I feel like Martin still gets the start. Uh, They don't have a point guard. They don't have like any guards to really play. And Martin might be that de facto guard. Uh, He played 44 minutes last game, 48 fantasy points. Uh, He picked up six assists that game as well. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think almost anyone who does end up playing for the Rockets can be interesting. Olenek's been an absolute beast, um, and if he's if he's in the lineup, I expect another monster performance from him. He'll lead that team and assist tonight uh, if he plays. Armani Brooks, if you're looking for a cheap option, um, again, it's just it's just more about the fact that he's going to need to play 35 to 40 minutes. He hasn't been great production wise, uh, but eh, you know, if he plays 40 minutes, I still expect twenty five fantasy points from a guy who's almost a, a minimum price player. Um you
1: mm-hmm. know, one <sighs> Olenek, I, I, Ol- I just want I wanna say quickly, Olenek is practically winning me the stake league that we're in together with our work he- colleagues.
2: It's insane how good he's been out here. I'm going to pull up the stats. So we're just going to go over the past uh, seven games. Olenek's averaging 21, 10 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 2.1 steals, uh, and 1.63 pointers. Just put Kelly bombers. Olenek,
1: All-NBA instead of Julius Randle. Kelly Olenek is putting up Julius Randle type numbers.
2: I am. I am avoiding Bucks. For in that game yeah though. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean that's going to be a a 30 point blowout I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks end up arresting some players uh we'll have to see what what happens there uh I mentioned Mo Bamba earlier uh Wendell Carter is out he's already been ruled out for Friday so you know with that in mind, my guess is Mo Bamba sees 35 plus minutes and, and easily you know exceeds value I mean he's Thirty-five minutes, I would say he's a lock for forty fantasy points. Um, and uh, man, it's really for me at center. It's between Olenek or Mobamba. Mobamba is the cheaper option at sixty-nine hundred.
1: Yeah, I think if uh, that might be a situation where you want to keep up with news, see if Olenek's on a minutes limit if he plays that sort of a thing. Uh, another guy, I like quickly, Kyle Kuzma. Just at this point, he's 5,500, LeBron's out. It's just you could put him in your lineup and build around that if you want. Um, You know, because obviously he is – his floor is like 22 fantasy points. So that's almost value anyway. And then you add upside for – I mean, you should never really expect him to get more than 35. But it's it's possible. Um yeah. And they're playing Portland, who is not good on defense. Although I'm not sure he'll, if he'll get shaded by Covington. That would be a problem, uh, but it's it's a decent value play.
2: He is a decent uh, value play. I mean, he's coming off forty-five point fantasy outing uh, last night. You know that was essentially a game. Anthony Davis left early, so essentially a game without. Uh, they didn't have anyone. No, no, Schroeder, uh, no, Taylor, Horton, Tucker. Uh, he was out. You know, LeBron out, and Davis left early, so they were. Extremely shorthanded. Yeah, I I agree. I I usually not all that enthused to plug Kuzma into my lineup, but he is a good option for tonight.
1: Yeah, and Schroeder's obviously still out as well. They just need scoring wherever they can get it. Um, Yeah, like I kind of mentioned LaBello Ball earlier. He's coming off a bad game. Uh, It was a blowout, though. They lost to Chicago. They played 24 minutes. But, I mean, against Orlando, I mean, Cole Anthony's not going to guard him uh i mean they <laughs> maybe they'll put gary harris on him like I, I i don't know i he could go he could easily go off for 44 which is what he did 2 days ago or 2 games ago i should say but 7500 for the price on fanduel i'm not ups- I, I don't love that price it's nice i don't love it
2: i mean that's a guy who's got like 60 point upside uh as far as fantasy points go so i I think he's definitely playable. Even at 7,500, the matchup's good. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, is he cleared for 34, 35 minutes yet? My guess is probably it was a wrist injury. It wasn't anything to do with the lower body where they would be maybe be a little bit more cautious. Um, I, I like Lamella a lot. I also like a lot of the other options that are in that price range. I mean, I, DeJounte Murray, he's 7,800. The matchup against the Kings, uh, that's going to be a ridiculous game. Kemba Walker with no Jalen Brown, uh, he's at 7,600. He had like 45 fantasy points in, in only 28 minutes uh, in his most recent game. Uh, and then DeLon Wright, 7,000. Sounds like a lot for DeLon Wright, but he's averaging 60 fantasy points over <laughs> the past two games. Like essentially, since he got plugged in the starting lineup, filling in for uh, De'Aaron Fox and, and Halliburton, who was the initial injury fill-in. He's just, De'Lon Wright's a monster. Uh, it's so much defensive upside. I Even at 7,000, like I think he's, I, with that team, I, I feel like you have to play him. They have no one else to run out there. You know, it's the Buddy Heald and De'Lon Wright show.
1: I know, it's just like over his past two games, he has 36 points. 17 rebounds 14 assists 10 steals and five blocks he's like this is like prime michael jordan that we're watching uh in (laughs) in sacramento with delon right um it's just that it's that point in the season yes Um, it is yeah yeah. does uh i didn't realize rj hampton's up to 6300 he's been good lately um, He's
2: been really good. Best, my best keeper in the staff keeper league. <laughs> oh yeah, He's been really good. Yeah. It's uh, and that's, you know, to the detriment of Cole Anthony. Um, that's what make, makes the Orlando, the Orlando rotation uh, is frustration, frustrating to behold. Um, you know, I was watching the Pistons Orlando game the other night and Cole Anthony had like four rebounds and, three and two assists in the first five minutes of the game. And then he didn't play almost at all the rest (laughs) of the game. They just, it was RJ Hampton time. RJ Hampton came in and dominated the Pistons, uh, flirted with the triple double, put up 47 fancy points. Uh, Yeah. Everyone in that Orlando rotation outside of Bamba, I think with Carter Jr. Out Bomba's
1: safe, but everyone else is risky. That is for sure. Is there anybody else that stands out to you uh, before we wrap this up? Well, we got them all covered. Okay. Well, Ken's not here, which means that I don't think we've mispronounced any names. And there's no old man rant unless you have something that you need to get off your chest. Uh, and there's no out quote. So that is <laughs> pretty much going to wrap it up for us. Well, uh, I, yeah, it's boring when we don't have the old man around. I know um i mean we did have two old man rants last week because mike barner went on a rant about the amount of streaming services there are so i think we'll we'll kind of roll that over we mentioned that again uh so that'll be our 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 uh, our old man rant for this week as well uh so thank you everybody for joining us on the Wire fantasy basketball podcast uh you can find this on spotify you can find it on youtube uh, basically wherever you get podcasts um Thank you, everybody, and we will see you next week.